This is the Colts Free Agent Tracker, a look at some key in-house free agents this offseason. Hey, welcome to another Colts Free Agent Tracker podcast. This is where we're looking at key free agents this offseason for the Indianapolis Colts. As we're about three weeks away from the start of NFL free agency in mid-March, that's when things really start to heat up. Heading in towards the draft at the end of April as well, I'm Matt Taylor, joined by Lara Overton and the great Bill Brooks, former Colts Ring of Honor wide receiver. Lara and Bill, thanks for the time today, guys. I hope you're ready because, as I said, this is where the NFL offseason's really heating up. We've got the Combine next week, Bill. That's, uh, that's where you made your money back in the day, man. That's where you put your best foot forward. <laughs> One of the best times of my life, going to the Combine. <laughs> A little nervous at that time, uh, down in New Orleans when it was held there in 1986. So, yeah. Uh, it was uh, a while ago, but uh, it's interesting times. And, and Bill, we know. Say, I'm going to just piggyback on that real quick. Bill, yeah. we know that, of course, it's the physical demands of the combine. That's the part we get to see. Then you have, of course, all the medical evaluation. But then there's the interview process. As a player, as someone who is being evaluated by all 32 teams, what's the most grueling mental aspect of that evaluation period you have in the combine? Well, just going, meeting different coaches and missing uh, different personnel people from different teams, that was a little difficult. And all the questions, the, the yeah. pattern of questions back to back, a lot of the same questions you get over and over again. But just trying to be your best in front of those guys, it was uh, uh, it was a little daunting at first. But uh, you get used to it, and by the end, you're kind of – a pro at it and just keep on doing it and uh, just give you put your best foot forward. Well, needless to say, Bill, the Combine's changed a little bit. It's evolved over the years since uh, 1986, has it not? Oh, definitely. It definitely has changed uh, since 1986, and I think it's it's more in-depth right now, especially with the medical evaluations, the, the things that they do, mm-hmm. uh, testing people, looking at their previous injuries, um, giving them tests right there. Also, the actual interview process is also different now, I think, than it was back then. I think now it's more intense than it was back then. But back right. then it still was intense when you're not used to it. Um, but at, I, I think right now they get a better look at all the young guys coming in and knowing exactly the things they have to deal with as far as from the injury standpoint mm-hmm. and also just going out there and, and seeing how the guys move and react on the football field as well. All right, well, today we're talking about pass rushers, and the Colts have a pair of free agent pass rushers who just wrapped up their rookie contracts, Kamoko Ture and Tyquan Lewis, both guys drafted in 2018, and now the Colts have to make a decision on those guys and their futures here in Indianapolis. So, you know, the Colts are going to be weighing how much are they worth, what's their upside going forward, can they stay healthy? We'll talk about that because both guys have dealt with their fair share of injuries in a Colts uniform the last couple of seasons so let's start with Kamoka Ture first. He's coming off a career-high five-and-a-half sacks last season uh, despite missing four games. In four years, he's racked up 12 sacks, seven tackles for loss. He's posted 29 quarterback hits, but again, injuries have definitely gotten his way. He's missed 26 of a possible 64 regular season games, and most of those stem from a gruesome ankle injury he sustained in 2019, week five. Remember it very vividly. Kansas City Sunday night game, missed the rest of that season and played less than 100% of the 2020 season because of it as well. Um, And even this year, Teray wasn't a three-down player. He only played about 27% of the snaps in 2021. So first question, Bill, with the injuries, how much have those injuries and his problem there, uh, how much have those muddied his long-term potential with the Colts as they project what he can be uh, moving forward? Well, I think 
by him missing so many games, as you stated, Matt, um, he missed 21 games from ni- 2019 to 2020. Mm-hmm. So that's quite a few games a, a young man has missed. But I think when they have seen him play, he's shown some potential, some athletic ability to go out there and rush the passer very well. So I think they have an idea of what he can do. I think they have an idea of who he is as an individual, who he is as a a locker room guy, and definitely what he can bring out there in the football field. So I think that they like what they see. Now, if if they bring him back or not, could be a different story. We don't know about that. But I think from him being an athletic guy and this type of defense Gus Bradley wants to install here, I think he's a guy that could be beneficial in this defense. And to piggyback off of that, what Bill said is I think that this new coaching staff that Gus Bradley is bringing in is really going to be impactful in making these decisions in terms of how they see utilizing both of these guys. I know we're focused on Komoko right now, but I do think that their their opinions will weigh heavily on the – decision to bring back or to not bring back or you know how aggressively they pursue bringing back either of these guys because when you look at how certain schemes have benefited these guys or how they've been utilized situationally based on a Gus Bradley system versus a Matt Eberflus system will weigh a lot in terms of if that plays to the favor or to the deficit of either when you look at Kamoko Ture Matt you think you remember that injury vividly It happened in front of me down there on the field. I remember that scene all too clear, and it was devastating because that was the point where you started to see Kamoko gain so much much confidence. All of... The, the attributes, the physical attributes have always been there. He has such a unique skill set. He is different from any other player that they have in that defensive line room with his ability on the edge to rush with speed. We heard Rick Venturi talk about that unique skill set he brings all year long. So I do think that the Colts still have immense um, immense belief in Kamoko Ture, and they also have some investment in wanting to see him develop to the potential that they envisioned when they did draft him. When you mentioned the injury situation as well, we have heard Chris Ballard talk about some different things in regards to the injury that maybe he came back a little bit too quickly from some things that you know right. he was so yep. eager to get back that you know there were certain injuries where he had to you know with that ankle procedure you know go back have some cleanup done afterwards. So I do think that there is a sense of that it's beneficial for the Colts to bring Kamoko Ture back. And then I also think that they have so much invested in him so far. They want to see him thrive in this system, and there's a lot of potential to do so. I've seen Kamoko in the building since the end of the season, know that he is putting in the work. He's invested in making sure you know that he takes every opportunity to utilize this offseason. And I think that... There could be an uh, opportunity for him to explore what is out there because he did show those great flashes. There is going to be intrigue from other teams, but I do think that the Colts would make a great push to potentially sign one of those like one-year prove-it deal type of mm-hmm. things to see what he's able to do that gives him an opportunity to test the waters, working with Gus Bradley and whoever the to-be-named defensive line coach is. And you do want to have some continuity within that defensive line group when you are moving over 
under Gus Bradley to see what they're able to do, how they're able to produce, and then you're able to see if this is a long-term fit. You get that one-year mm-hmm. deal, perhaps, where you test out the potential, and then each side gauges from there what's best in the immediate future. And, and Matt, to piggyback off of that, yes, I think he will get some looks from other teams as well because you know he did play pretty well last year coming back from that injury, and they showed that, hey, his ankle can't hold up during the season. And right. also, I think for the Colts um, – He's very versatile where he can play in that two-point stance where he can play up or he can play with his hand in the dirt. So I think he can do both, and that can benefit the Colts as far as having someone that can play in the two-point stance once in a while and maybe if they play that 3-4 type of uh, defense or put his hand in the dirt where he can be that 4-3 guy and rush off the end there and and put some pressure on the quarterback. So I think he can be a player that can help the Colts out in their defense, but also I think he can help uh, a lot of other teams out as well. Yeah, I agree with both of you guys. I think he's going to draw interest both internally and then on the outside market as well if it gets to that point because, you know, in his career he hasn't we haven't seen him much on on rundowns, but I, I still think, you know, to Rick Venturi's point, which you alluded to, Lair, he's he's still the best overall just burst speed rusher the Colts mm-hmm. have. And that's a skill set they just really don't have on the roster at the moment. You know, Quiddy Pay is still developing that. I'm not sure that's Dio Adangbo's forte, if you will. So you know, I don't know if Ture can be a, you know, a ten to twelve sack uh, a season player, but I, I agree with you. I, I think you know he adds something to your pass rush skill set that is intriguing enough for me to bring him back for another season on a short term prove a deal, if you will, and see what he can do in a new system under Gus Bradley. And if he's fully healthy for an entire off season and hopefully for a full seventeen games, maybe he can flirt with a bigger role and, and bigger production than what we've seen from him so far in his career. Uh, All right, let's talk about Tyquan Lewis because, again, he's another guy that's uh, coming off his rookie contract, and he has suffered some of the worst injury luck I've ever seen. We all know his story. Big game on Halloween against the Titans, picks off a Ryan Tannehill pass, uh, moves it into plus territory with the Colts leading, I think, by two scores at that point. Really, the Colts are in a great position to kind of, you know, take control, fully control of that game, uh, picks it off, returns the ball the other way, he's tackled, he loses the ball, suffers a season-ending patellar tendon injury, um, and he was playing really good football for the Colts up until that point. But, again, he's missed a lot of time. He's missed 24 of 65 career games, uh, playing less than 10 games in three of his four seasons, Bill. So let's start there with the injuries again. Unfortunately, how devastating was Lewis's injury to his NFL upside and what the Colts needed from their pass rush this past season? That was one of the worst injuries I've seen uh, in person. Just, just to see because that of how it happened, to, right? How it happened for the young man. He had a, a great play. He was he dropping back in coverage, and he made a nice play on Tannehill, picked the ball off, was running co- towards the sideline, unfortunately stepped the wrong way, or just the, the patel attendant gave out, and it was just a, not, not an injury you want to see in person. But I think he was playing extremely well. Uh, he was a part of that defensive line. He was a very important part of that defensive line for that rotation. They've talked about it. Chris Ballas talked about having a rotation on that defensive line to give guys breaks, give guys some uh, a breath and give them a rest so the other guys can be fresh and go out there and put some pressure on the quarterback. Having him gone and also having missing his versatility out there as far as being a play inside and outside, I think that hurt the coach as well because a lot of times you can put him inside or put him outside. You can run some stunts with some other guys out there. So by him not being available for the team, 
that really hurt the team in their rotation as far as getting guys in and getting guys out and being effective on that defensive line to get some pressure on the quarterback. And, Mete, when we heard from Chris Ballard at the end of the season, he reflected really strongly on that moment and how gutting that moment was, not just because of you know the play and the injury itself, but then the fact that the Titans recovered it, were able to score on that play. I mean, this was like this. Yeah, they scored the, the, the very next play. You're exactly right. Scored, yeah. Changed I mean, the that, entire game. It changed the entire game. May have changed the entire season. They, you know, the way that that one win would could have positioned you right. differently. That is one of the more freak turn of events I've ever seen in like 60 seconds of football, of play on the field. It was absolutely wild. I know that Taekwon is very highly regarded within this locker room, within this coaching staff, within this front office, within this front office. He's been through not only this injury, if you go back, you mentioned the games that he has missed, the amount of games that he's missed. There have just been this laundry list of things that have added up, and he has continued to fight back, to overcome that, and to prove his versatility in different positions within that defensive line. And I I know character-wise, he is incredibly high character. I remember back in 2019, I was covering a story in which uh, and they didn't even call the media out to cover the story because it was Taekwon. We just happened to be there. And Taekwon was visiting a memory care unit at a senior living facility. And he was just engaging with all of those uh, people who were there, all of the residents there. He was reading stories to them, reading books. He is someone who is incredibly valued because of what he brings to this locker room, to this community. I know that that injury was devastating, beyond devastating to his teammates, to the coaches, and to Chris Ballard to see that happen. Because, again, kind of like we said with Kamoko Ture, a guy who they had such high hopes for, they see such great promise in, and he's already overcome so many obstacles to just be available to the point that he was even in that game, in the position he was to make the interception. Because in talking with him, he was saying he could have given up time and time again through what he's battled through. I know Paris Campbell, that's been Tyquan Lewis, who Paris has leaned on to be able to go through all that he has done. And you want to talk about a guy who has had, you know, just an, an unbelievable, unfathomable injury history. So Paris Campbell says he leans on Tyquan all the time. I know how much that he means to this organization. I do think that they will try to, in a similar uh, capacity to Komoko, Sit down with the defensive line coaches. Sit down with Gus Bradley. Where does he fit? Where is his potential? How beneficial can he be? What is he currently doing to rehab from this injury? What's the state of where he is? What's the time frame on where he might be able to be back? And then I also think that one of the things that adds on to this whole conversation in terms of who you bring back and who you make a play for and how aggressively you pursue them is what's the future of Ben Vanagoo within this defense? What do you envision for him? What does Gus Bradley want to see out of him? Because he's another guy who has, you know, we've heard so much about what he brings and, you know, where he was drafted at very, you know, very high position, very high expectation for Ben Vanagoo. And we didn't see it last year. He had a great preseason, a, a very solid preseason, but then that was never followed through in the regular season. He was, as Mente would say, a, a, healthy, now, right? a healthy scratch for the majority of every game. Yes. So what is – that's going to what, to me, compounds this issue – not issue, I guess, but this situation with right. who you bring back is 
the Ben Banigou factor is where is his where's his role within all of this as well? Because that has implications, I think, for each of those guys. To me, the upside of Kamoko Ture is that speed, that athleticism that he brings off the edge. To me, the benefit of Taekwon is the versatility that he has, the amount of character, the leadership that he has as well. And then you have a young guy in Ben Banigou who is still on that rookie deal that you want to get some mileage out of. And let's not forget also, both of these guys, Taekwon Lewis and Kamoko Ture, are great locker room guys. Mm-hmm. They are great teammates out there on uh, with the coach in the locker room, supporting one another, pulling for one another, and that can go a long way because when you're talking about free agency, a lot of times you're bringing in guys you really don't know that well. You know, you hear things about them, you're not sure, but you haven't experienced it firsthand. These two guys, you've experienced firsthand how they are in the locker room, how they are in the in the community, and how they deal with their teammates. So. That goes a long way as well as far as if you want to bring these guys back or not. Yeah, I think you guys both hit on the right question, and that's something the Colts are dealing with right now. I mean, where will Kamoka Ture, uh, where will Taekwon Lewis specifically, where will he be at health-wise at the start of the season if he is brought back in free agency? You know, Can the Colts afford to, to wait on him health-wise and see where he's at and how much production will they get out of him because of his injury that happened Again, late October, early November, uh, because of that injury. So that's that's something they're going to be, you know, watching and, and monitoring is how he's, you know, progressing this off season in terms of health, um, and that will obviously dictate how much money he's given to come back and prove it again in free agency if that does happen. Last question I have for you guys as uh, as we wrap up here, and I'll let both of you answer this question and give you the floor. Lara, start with you. Despite you know, what the Colts do with Toure, despite what they do with Lewis in the offseason and free agency. Do the Colts, do they need to bring in someone else, a, a proven pass rusher in free agency to go along with these guys in Dio Adangbo and Quiddy Pay who are just coming off their first years in the NFL? It's an interesting question, and they'll certainly do due diligence in exploring who is available, but the problem at this position Guys don't come available very often. And here you have a year in which, you know, you lost uh, Danico Autry and you lost Justin Houston. You had your veteran proven pass rushers. They went on to thrive in other scenarios. Danico down in Tennessee, Justin Houston, you saw the type of season he had with the Baltimore Ravens. So I'm just curious if there are going to be many opportunities with guys on the market who you're going to be able to make a play for. We have seen in the past the Colts don't tend they tend not to overspend or be overly aggressive in terms of their spending early in free agency and early in free agency is typically where guys at that position go because they are premium guys who don't come on the market very often what i would say is i don't think it's likely that you bring someone in because you have invested an awful lot already in drafting the guys who you have, Quiddy Pay, Dio Dangbo, and then how you feel your depth is, you know, behind those guys and surrounding those guys, where you are going to reinforce that position. As Bill said, you want to have a rotation of guys. I would say it's certainly not off the table. I wouldn't say it's likely. It's going to be an interesting three weeks coming up here. Yeah, I would say it'd be an interest, it is an interesting question, first of all. And I think also you have to look at there's going to be a new system in place with Gus Bradley, so you're not sure of how these guys are going to adapt to it. Now, these players haven't played in it. Maybe there is a possibility you can bring in a guy that has played in this system to help these young guys out at, as far as at the defensive end and making sure that they, hey, this is how you, this is how you rush. This is, 
these are things that you do in this system because uh, you, you need to be in this position so you can stop the run. You need to be in this position so you can affect the pass or put pressure on the pass. Or so I think a veteran will be valuable for the young guys if you have someone that has played in the system. Uh, like Larry said, it'll be interesting to see who's available out there that has played in, in this Gus Bradley system that is available to come to mm-hmm. the Colts. And as Larry said, usually the Colts aren't big spinners at the beginning of free agency. This is something that happens maybe later on in free agency where the guys haven't got a lot of looks and there is someone out there that's played in this system that could come here and be valuable to the young guys and help them develop in this Gus Bradley system. The other thing on that note, too, is that the Colts have a lot of needs outside of just this position where they are going to have to target some of the free agency market. So I feel like when you invest your most recent first and second round picks at this position, it's not an area where you are willing to invest a whole lot of additional money, especially if you do have strong confidence in the guys who you have in this locker room, like a Ben Banigou, and you're able to bring back potentially a guy like Kamoko or Taekwon and even Al-Qadim Muhammad, who is another hot topic right. I know this offseason. Yeah, I, I think we'll get to Al-Qadim Muhammad uh, in his own vignette, if you will. And I, I do agree with you, but you know, we, we saw the direction that the Colts went last offseason and what they were going to do at, at defensive end. And they were going to go by committee, right? As you said, Justin Houston, Danico Autry, those guys left in free agency. But the issue now is part of that committee is being broken up or at least has the potential to, right? I mean, I don't know what the odds are of all three of those guys, Toure, Lewis, and Muhammad, all coming back in free agency. And Chris Ballard said after the season that maybe they did need a veteran presence on the defensive line last season, right? A guy that has proven himself to be able to get crucial sacks and pressures in crunch time. And I think that with Quiddy and Adengbo, with those guys still being very young and, and pretty raw, I think it would help this team to have someone else to rely on and take some of that pressure off of those guys in key moments of games. And like we've all said, the Colts don't have that first-round pick. So my gut is telling me that the Colts might prioritize a free agent pass rusher this offseason and free agency, and you guys are right. I mean, the Colts are never going to overpay. They're never going to reach just to say they did something, made a move. But I think if the production and the money were to match up, I think that's something the Colts will have no hesitancy doing as they continue to build up the you know, the reliance, if you will, on Quiddy Pay and Dio Adangba. We, we forget about those guys still only being a guy that's only had one year, and with Adangbo, a guy that's basically had only a half a season in the NFL. It is it is really intriguing what Bill says because you look at Gus Bradley's history and the stops that he's made. Of course, most recently in Vegas, prior to that, with the Chargers and all, I mean, stops all over the league where he has been, where you could potentially tie a guy that he has a history with that would make an easy transition. That's something to be really interesting to follow for sure is, you know, if there is any sort of continuity in who is available that you could bring in to help in this transition period for this defense, in particular the defensive line. That's what type of veteran I would like to see him bring in, someone that has experience in the system because that can go a long way with helping these young guys, as I said earlier. I think that will go a long way in helping uh, Quiddy, you know, Dio get adjusted to this type of system, going out there and performing, and any other, other guys on that defensive line that's played that's going to play in this system, having a guy that they can kind of go to in the locker room, go to in the classroom, say, hey, look, I see this happening. What should I have done here? Or what can I do here? I, this is happening in practice. What should I do here? A guy that they can rely on that has done it and has been successful in the system.
Indeed. Great work, guys. That's a look at Kamoka Ture and Taekwon Lewis with Lara Overton and Bill Brooks. And the Colts also have key free agent pass rusher again in Al-Kadim Muhammad. We'll examine him later in the coming weeks on his own show, if you will. We've already looked at left tackle Eric Fisher. And then next week, we're talking about more premium position free agents for the Colts. Guys like Zach Paschal at wide receiver and Mo Ali cox at tight end. And we'll also look at the future of cornerback with Xavier Rhodes in Indianapolis as well. And don't forget, we've got our Inside the Draft series starting this week as well on Thursday. We'll get the skinny on the draft with Jordan Reed from ESPN.com. And then on Friday, it's the last word with myself and the Gorman, Jeffrey Gorman. As always, please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast across the board on the Colts Audio Network. And we'll have more on the free agent tracker next week again here on the Colts Audio Network. So long. Well.